Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The good news of Jesus Christ is that He came to earth to save all of us. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In today's update, Pastor J.D. encourages you to seek the Lord, admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, believe that Jesus Christ is God, and call upon His name. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 27, 2020. The Great Reset. I'm going to reset the entire world. Reimagine. Reset. Reboot. So now you're going to have a cashless economy, a digital currency. You know, have you, have you tried to get coins or use coins? How's that working out for you? It's not, is it? That's by design. You know, last year, the U.S. economy was on the brink of total collapse. And this was already in the plans to launch as a cover for that which was inevitable. Global collapse. So they call it the Great Reset. The Bible calls it the Great Tribulation. I'm going to bring it to an end the way we began and say that this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And for anyone who would say, well, I don't know. I really don't know what to believe. I don't know what the truth is anymore. May I just kindly make a suggestion? Instead of asking, what is the truth? Perhaps we should be asking, who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. At the beginning I made this confession about, you know, I had to step back. And I had to get alone with my Jesus, <laughs> because He's the truth. I was getting to the point where I, I was getting so frustrated. I was getting so confused. I was getting angry. I was actually getting angry. And try as I may, I always try to couch my anger as righteous anger. And the Lord's like, nice try. What are you thinking? Nah, that's not right. You're in the flesh. I'm confessing. I was in the flesh. I'm like, ah! And here's Jesus going, hey, 
come here, boy. <laughs> we need to talk. I'm the truth. Because, you know, they're saying that, they're saying this. Jesus is like, I'll tell you the truth, because I am the truth. I am the way, the life, and the truth. And no one goes to the Father except through me. Would you join me in John's Gospel, chapter 18? I want to share with you something the Lord just, I mean, as only He can, He just settled my heart. It was one of those things where when He did that, you just find yourself, Lord, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much, Lord. What was I thinking? You weren't. I know. Forgive me, Lord. It's a fascinating account of Jesus being on trial. We're told, verse 33, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Listen to the answer that Jesus gives in verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. What are we fighting for? Stand up and fight! Wait, for what? For the kingdom! Well, yeah, but it's, it's not from here. He says, my servants would fight if it were, but it's not. Wait, wait, are we trying to fight to get our guy in office? so that we can, you know, take it back. I'm sorry, you'll forgive me. I don't want it back. You can have it. We have to wait till we're out of here, then it's all yours. That's what's known as the false teaching of kingdom now theology. Dominion theology, where you have to take dominion over the earth. I don't, that's the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying here. He said, well, you know, that's all fine and dandy. If my kingdom were here, well, then that would make sense. My servants, my disciples, man, they'd be fighting, but they're not. And you want to know why they're not fighting? Because my kingdom is not here. That's why. And notice conspicuously absent from this dialogue is any mention of Jesus defending himself. You know what he's doing? He's speaking the truth because he is the truth. So now here's Pilate, verse 37. He says to him, are you a king then? Because he just got done saying, my kingdom, well that means you're a king, right? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. 
For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should, listen very carefully, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Wow, I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel there, so to speak. And then Pilate utters these famous verses and asks him this question, what is truth? That's ironic to me. That's the irony of ironies, isn't it? He's asking the truth, what is truth? He is the truth. You're asking what is truth? You should be asking who is truth? He's right there. That's truth. Truth. He's the truth. Did I say truth? And notice this. And when he had said this, Pilate went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Wow. In Matthew's gospel we have some details where his wife apparently had a couple of nightmares. Did you hear about this? Couldn't sleep. (laughs) And she says to her husband, honey, have nothing to do with this man. And what does Pilate do? He washes his hands. Very interesting in the Middle East, the symbolism. I wash my hands of this. This is on you, it's not on me. That's another sermon for another time. Here's the bottom line. Like asking who is the truth instead of what is the truth, we should also ask who is coming along with what is coming. Actually, the answer depends on the person of Jesus Christ and whether or not one has a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And here's why. Who is coming can save you from what is coming. And it's coming. It's coming upon the entire world. And it's coming soon. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you'll be left behind when the church is raptured, and you will go through unspeakable horror during the seven-year tribulation. He can save you. He's the Savior. He's your Savior. And He can save you from what's coming. This is known as the gospel, (laughs) the good news of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. This is why we end the updates with the good news, the gospel. And then also the ABCs of salvation, which is a childlike explanation of salvation. Very simple. What is the gospel? Well, the first time you have the gospel mentioned is in, of all places, 1 Thessalonians. Why is that important? Because it was the first epistle that the Apostle Paul ever wrote, was 1 Thessalonians. And what does he write to the Thessalonians about in his first epistle? Oh, (laughs) the rapture. 
And in the context of the rapture, he says, this is the gospel, that Jesus Christ came, He was crucified, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back to take us out of this world one day. That's the good news. Aren't you glad it's not, He came, He died, He buried, He rose again. Good news. Wait a minute. Is He coming back? Or am I on my own? Did you imagine? You know, when he's talking to the disciples, he said, I must go. They didn't want him to leave. They're like freaking out. He goes, hey, I have to go, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. But I'm coming back. Behold, let your heart be troubled. Apparently their hearts were troubled. My heart would have been very troubled. Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving. You are? Are you coming back? No, you're on your own. I'm very troubled. No, he said, I'm coming back. Let not your heart be troubled. In my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling places. Behold, I go to prepare a bridal chamber for you, so that where I am you may be also, and I will come back and I will take you there. That's the gospel. Why? Because he had to die. Why did he have to die? Because he loved you and He wanted you to live forever with Him. And that's what the gospel is. It's the good news of salvation. The ABCs. Now, I want to go through this, but I want to preface this by saying that we don't have to do anything to get saved. It's not what we do because He's already done it. It is finished, period. Not comma or semicolon. It's not, you know, it is finished if. Could you imagine? If what? It it is finished when. When what? What do I got to do? It is finished however. Oh no, I'm always the however. It's me. No. It is finished done. Finito. Chalas in Arabic. Don't you love the Arabic language? It's so harsh. It's not like French, you know. French is so smooth. Voulez-vous avoir, you know. You could could love on somebody in Arabic and they're gonna, you know, what'd you you say to me? I'm sorry, I digress. It's finished. It's done. There's nothing you have to do. So what are the ABCs then? Don't, don't I have to do ABC? No. This is, no, let's think about it like this. You know, we affectionately refer to him as the thief on the cross. We don't know if that was his crime. I guess it was punishable by, you know, crucifixion at the time. But you had these two criminals crucified with the Savior. One rejects, the other accepts. And all he does is believe. And he says to Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And what does Jesus say? Well, you didn't do the ABCs. <laughs> Did you get baptized? You got to get off the cross, go get water, baptized, and then I'll, I'll take you with me. You know, I know this is ludicrous, but 
I have the gift of ludicrous, right? It's like taking a bath before you take a shower. It's like cleaning up your act before you get cleaned. No. There's nothing you have to do. You come as you are. It was 38 years ago for me. Oh my goodness. You know, we, we talk about, you know, I, I gave my life to the Lord. You know, the greater miracle is that He took it. No, think about that. See, if, if I'm God, and you know, 38 years ago, and, and you know, I, I come to Christ, I give my life to Him. If I were the angels in heaven, I would say, don't take that one. No, <laughs> oh, that's not a good deal. Again, I know that's silly, but I think you get the point, right? You come just as you are. And though your sins be as scarlet, He makes them white as snow. He removes them as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. Why? Because of Christ's blood shed in my stead. I'm forgiven, man. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. That's the good news. Now, how does one come to Christ, give their life to Christ, and get saved? Well, it starts with this acknowledging and this admitting, I've sinned. I'm a sinner. See, if I don't acknowledge that I'm a sinner, I have no interest in a Savior. I don't need a Savior. I've not done anything wrong. I'm not a bad person. I haven't killed anybody. Isn't that what you usually hear when you're sharing the gospel with somebody? And you ask them that question, do you know if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? And they'll usually say, well, yeah, I hope so. Really? Why? Well, because I'm a good person. You are? Yeah, I never killed anybody. Oh, so good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. Wrong. <laughs> Going to be a lot of good people in hell and a lot of very bad people in heaven. I'll be at the front of that line. And don't look at me spiritual because you'll be right behind me. That's not the gauge by which you are allowed access into heaven. The only question that's going to be asked is, what did you do with the person of Jesus Christ? Well, when you're standing there giving an account, you're not going to be able to bring anything except guilty as charged. But somebody paid the penalty for me, and that's why I can enter in. There has to be this acknowledging. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 says that all, this is why there's none righteous, is because all, that pretty much covers all, all have sinned. And, and here's the thing, you're an all. <laughs> all is you and me, because all is all. I know that's deeply profound. But all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now we enter into the sentencing phase in Romans 6.23. What's the penalty? Oh, it's the death penalty. It is? Yeah. The wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, a gift is something you receive, but you don't pay for it. If you pay for it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. 
No, it's a gift because he purchased it. He purchased you, he purchased me in his blood. And now he offers this gift, and all we have to do is receive it. Believe it. Believe and receive. And that's the B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. As Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord. In other words, again, this is not something you have to do. No, this is just how it's done, because it is done. So this is how it goes down, if I can say it like that. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, here comes the all again. And this pertains to you and me, because we're all and all, all who call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. It's that simple. I hope you know, I think you know, God has led you here today, because today is the day of salvation. And you, I don't know how else to say this, other than just saying it, you better not, you dare not, put off or delay another day, the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And with the way things are going right now, why would you want to take that chance? Today's the day of salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Acknowledge Him for the forgiveness of sin, and you will be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you. <sighs> Lord, Thank you for the more sure word of prophecy. Thank you that there's no way that man could come up with this, that the interpretation is of no man. Thank you that we can go to your word and see that you've told us what's going to happen before it happens. So when it begins to happen, non-believers will believe and believers will look up and lift up their heads, knowing our redemption draws nigh. Lord, we know you're at the door, and there's no more time left. The time is at hand. And I pray for anyone, maybe here in this church service, that has never called upon you. I pray that today they would surrender to you and that today would be the day of their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. 
Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.